Welcome to the Make Space Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Thomas, and I interview socially aware, fiercely driven, kick-ass human beings who are making space for others and radically claiming the space they deserve in the world. We talk about everything from disrupting the status quo to powerful esoteric self-care practices and beyond. This show was created as a platform meant to amplify the voices of change that need to be heard because it's time to make space for something better. Just like me. It's nights like these when sleep comes in and out like waves. The sounds of the radio stoke the sadness in my belly, and I'm reminded to reminisce. Sometimes I spend so much time trying to accept the present that I forget the things I yearn for. It's only in the darkest of night that I realize I'm in mourning. Questions traipse through my mind and keep my eyes from closing and my brain from shutting down. I ask why I had to leave, why he could never love me, why the brightest stars have to die, and why it's so hard to find the light again after they're gone. All questions I've found the answers to long ago. My fingers reach for gratitude to grip onto because that's what I've been taught to do, but sometimes it sifts like sand through the cracks in the teeth of my broken smile, and I'm left taking snapshots of my feelings in the form of words that I hope will span through time because the deepest parts of this journey only last for a while. Welcome to the Make Space Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Thomas, and that's a poem I wrote in the middle of the night. In today's episode, I want to talk with you about something that I don't feel like we talk about enough, that I don't feel like we make space for enough in society, and that's making space for what I call the winter woes. Um, You might call it depression. You might call it anxiety. You might call it just feeling down. And despite what consumerism wants you to think, winter isn't always the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, it can be really hard. I mean, we go into the depths of the longest nights of the year in hopes to come out on the other side, fertile, blessed, and bright and ready for springtime. And what we don't always talk about is how hard the journey to that springtime energy can truly be. So in today's bonus episode of the Make Space podcast, I'm talking about it. I'm sharing my experience that has shaped the way that I look at my pain and my depression and my anxiety and how I move through it in hopes that I reach somebody who maybe needs to hear this right now, who maybe needs to hear that it's okay to talk about it, that it's okay to feel it. And I'm also giving you 10 different ways that you can get through it. Um, so, and I just want to really clarify that when I say get through it, I don't want to put out that idea that once you do these things, you're never going to feel upset again. You're never going to feel anxiety again. You're never going to be sad or depressed because that's just not the reality of things. We are cyclical beings. And so as we move 
through different emotions and intensities in our lives, it's guaranteed that we're going to come back to them, that they may be triggered again, that there's going to be something that brings us back to this place. And we have to be able to be open to that and accept that. But it doesn't mean that we have to stay in that grief or sadness that we're experiencing. So what made me want to record this episode is that I've myself recently gone through a lot of transition. I have been caring for my grandmother who is dealing with dementia. And I've been looking at the fact that at the age of 28, I am getting ready to shift into another form of who I am. And I'm going from being that child, you know, that young person who was looking to receive care was, you know, reaching out to her elders and, and, and looking to them for, for wisdom and, and hope and support and all of those things to being that caregiver, that caretaker to stepping up and being the nourisher when at one time I was receiving the nourishment. And it doesn't mean that I'm not still receiving it, but definitely when you're working with somebody who is experiencing a disease that deteriorates their mind and kind of makes them backtrack in their growth process. Um, and that's just kind of the, the best words that come to mind for that right now. It can be really challenging. It can be hard. And so for me, what that looks like is tapping into self-care in a way that I've never done before. And it also looks like sleepless nights where I'm wondering you know, how am I going to move through this? Or am I doing the right thing? Or, you know, just worried about doing something that might affect this person in a negative way and make things worse. And, you know, that's just, that's just one of the things that I'm going through right now, but it's winter time. And so what I, the way that I see winter is that, you know, we go into these longer nights and inside of ourselves, we're going into the darkest depths of the corners of our minds. We have more time to to sit inside when the weather's not so great. Um, we become a little bit more lethargic during this time. We become a little bit more weighed down by the things that trouble us. For some of us, we've experienced great loss in our lives. And around this time of year when everybody is celebrating different holidays and focusing on family, we might be really reminded of the family that has passed away, that we don't have anymore, or that is drifting away, whatever it might be, whatever it might look like for you. And what I notice about that is that a lot of things come up that we have this, this kind of choice, you know, we can look at it and we can say, all right, this is my life. This is what's getting me down. And this is just it. There's nothing that's going to change it. It just is what it is. And that's true. But there's also another truth that I don't know that we are all able to tap into all the time. And it's the truth that as these things come up, yes, it is what it is. Yes, there is a possibility that maybe it won't change, but we have a choice around how we deal with it. And there are so many different ways that we're taught in society to deal with it that I don't personally think is healthy. And so everything that I'm going to talk about today, this is my personal opinion. This comes from my personal experience and how I've dealt with my depression, my anxiety, the depths of my intense emotions. It doesn't mean that it has to work for you. It doesn't mean that is that it is the way and the only way. So I don't want to put that idea out there. 
but what I want to say is that what I have seen in society is that it's important to put on a smile, take deep breaths, and try to bypass what's going on, what's happening inside of you, in your mind, and what's weighing your spirit down, what's making your heart feel heavy. And I've done that myself. I've tried to move through emotions and feelings in that same way. And what I've learned is that it only makes it worse. It ends up isolating us. It makes it so that we feel more alone than we ever have before. And ultimately it can lead to a lot of self-harm, whether that means taking drugs to numb the pain, whether that means potentially taking your life. So let's go ahead and get into it. Here's my top 10 list of ways that you might be able to get through the intense feelings of the season. And this is a timeless list, so it doesn't just apply to the winter woes. Um, this can apply to any time that you are feeling down, that you are feeling out, that you are feeling depressed. So the first one is don't fight it. And that goes back to that idea that we have to put on a happy face and that every time we get depressed or down, we have to get mad at it. We have to battle it. I don't see this as a battle. I see this as a catalyst towards growth. Whenever I myself find myself being depressed, find myself being down, I never look at it as something that I have to fight off. I used to. When I was younger, I did that because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Um, but as I got older and started to learn more about my emotions and how to work with them and how to honor them, and specifically how they relate for me to my moon cycle and the hormones in my body and just the aspects of the cyclical being that I am as a woman with a womb that you know, bleeds every month. Um, I just realized that this is part of who I am. And I've been through a lot in my life. I've lost both of my parents. I have job or the money that I needed. I've been kicked out of living situations that I was really happy in. I've lost partners. You know, we've all been there in some way or another. But in all of those moments, I never... I never made it through by trying to fight off the feelings that would arise. The way that I made it through was by sitting with the feelings. Um, and so that brings me to number two. So number one is don't fight it. And number two is write about it. A big way that I have been able to move through emotions in my life was sitting down and writing about it. So much like the poem that I read you in the beginning of this episode, um, that is one way that I've been able to deal with my emotions. And ever since I was a young girl, I think at the age of nine, I got my first journal. And I remember going back and reading through it. And I would always write about the things that were pissing me off or making me angry or making me sad or whatever it was. It usually wasn't me sitting down and talking about all of the things that I was grateful for. That didn't come until later. <laughs> um, so writing was always something that helped me personally move through. And the reason why I'm sharing it with you today is because I feel like when we can put pen to paper and get all of these thoughts out of our mind that are going in a loop, weighing us down, that, that keep poking at our emotions and making us feel more and more tender, 
There's something really powerful in that. It's making space in our mind so that maybe we can finally let things go. And it doesn't mean that it's going to work every time. But what I've noticed is that I always feel a little bit better after I just take time to sit down and write about it, about it. So, you know, for me, it's poetry. I feel like there's nothing that captures the depths and intensity of emotions more than poetic prose and Music is another really beautiful way. I love writing songs, but whatever it is for you, if it's even just writing your thoughts down on paper, that's good enough. And that's something that helps you to get it out. And this also leads into number three. Hey, Space Makers, CJ here. And I want to ask you, how are you feeling right now about your ability to make space in the world? As you all know, you are powerful creators and you have the ability to make your dreams come true. Still, sometimes chasing dreams can be hard. But what if you had a companion that would bring you into alignment with everything you ever wanted? A tool that could help you manifest your wildest dreams. Now you do. I've written a 28-day guide to help you manifest with the power of the moon. It's a guide you can use again and again, and it's called Write by the Moon, a 28-day journal companion to manifesting with the cycles of the moon. Get your copy today at amazon.com and start manifesting your dreams. Now, back to the show. So number one was don't fight it. Number two was write about it. And number three is share it whatever it is, share it. So writing is a way that you can get these things out of your mind. And that next step is sharing it. I have, I can't even count how many times I have gotten through so much pain by just talking with friends about it. I am so blessed to have some really, really open-minded, beautiful friends that hold space for me throughout all of the different things that I've gone through in my life and all of the emotions and intense moments that come up. And I know that that is a privilege because not all of us feel either, not all of us have those friends that can hold space for that because they're dealing with their own stuff, which is totally fine, but it can be challenging uh, when you don't know exactly who to go to. And there are also times where we just don't feel confident or comfortable in sharing our feelings and emotions. Um, And this is just something that I personally feel needs to be promoted a lot more, that talking about it is okay. Whether you have to go to a therapist or go to a group, a support group, or just find one friend, one friend who's willing to listen. And it's okay to ask, say, when you come to that friend, like, hey, can you just hold space for me? I don't need advice unless it's something that you want. You can ask for advice. But if you don't need it, you can say that you don't need it. You can just say, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hold space, which means, will you just listen? And maybe you read to them what you wrote down, or maybe you just speak your mind and speak your feelings. So this is a really beautiful way to move through those emotions because once again, it's clearing, making space inside of you. When we're holding on to so much, it can become so heavy. 
And when we're taught that we aren't allowed to, to talk about it, that talking about it with other people is going to bring them down and then we're responsible for them feeling down or whatever it is, that's bullshit. I don't believe in that. I don't think that that's fair or true. I do believe that if you ask someone to hold space for you and they're not able to and they tell you they're not able to, then that's okay. Then you go to the next person that you can think of that might be able to hold space for you. And that's fine. We don't want to weigh our friends down. That's the truth. But it's also, it it shouldn't be something that holds you back from sharing. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. We all go through something that makes us feel pain. And we have to be able to support each other through that. That's what community is for. That's what friends are for. That's what being human is about. That's why we have this gift of, of speaking our truth and feeling it so deeply. And so once you've been able to share it, and maybe you're not able to share it, maybe you just skip to number four. But number four on this list is be in silence. So be with it. And I'm realizing now that I probably should have put that one before number three, which was share it, because there is a certain magic to being in silence. And, and let me just pause here and say that I, I do feel like I should have shared this before share it, but at the same time, there is no order to any of these. You don't have to do all of them. You can just do one of them. So maybe you're somebody who feels better and moves through things better when you really just allow yourself to sit in silence with what you're feeling. And that doesn't mean sitting and listening to your mind real because there's something very different about that. When our mind is telling our story of pain again and again and again, that is something that can keep us up at night. That is something that can take us deeper into our pain. What I'm talking about is essentially meditation. It's clearing your mind and dropping into what you feel. So you might be feeling this pain in your body and you might just kind of sit and explore where you're feeling it. Sit in inquiry with your body, with your breath. How are you breathing when this pain comes up? Are you breathing at all? And just being in silence, quieting the thoughts in your mind and allowing yourself to take note of what's going on in your body, what emotions you're feeling, and being with them. So it kind of goes hand in hand with not trying to fight it off. You want to be able to understand what you're feeling and understand what it does to your body. And sometimes if you can just feel that tension that arises in your body or feel whatever it is, the holding the blockages and send the message to those spaces that it's okay to let go, that can be what it is that you need to help you move through the pain or whatever it is that you're experiencing. So number four is be in silence with it. And number five is don't let the illusion of other people's journey bring you deeper into your pain. Let me say that again. Don't let the illusion of other people's journey bring you deeper into your pain. So with this one, I am specifically speaking to social media. We live in an age where we have this idea that we're getting this glimpse into everybody's lives 24 7 at any time during the day if you have access to a smartphone or the internet 
or anything like that, you might be on Facebook, you might be on Instagram, you might be on Snapchat, whatever it is. And these platforms have really shifted, in my opinion, the way that we look at ourselves because we're constantly seeing the most beautiful parts of other people's stories. And I also think that it really affects how we look at ourselves based on what we put out to the world. And when I say that, I mean that when there's so many times when we're going through so much shit in our lives, we're going through pain or whatever it is, and we think, oh, I don't want people to see how sad I am. I don't want people to see how much I'm hurting. So let me take a pretty picture. Let me, you know, decorate my room and put it on Instagram so that I can get that external validation that my life isn't so bad. While I'm not trying to knock people who do this, I think that it's okay to be happy with the things that you create and want to share them and to be happy with yourself and want to share it. But when it becomes a mask, when it becomes a way, another way to bypass what's truly going on or a way to kind of lie to the world and, and try to receive validation to make you feel better, I think it can be really harmful. And that's just my personal opinion. You might agree with it, you might not, and either one is totally fine. But there is an illusion that we are able to create at this time in history that can make it seem like we're okay when we're not, that can really glorify some really muddy, dark, um, just really shitty situations. And sometimes I feel like this can be harmful. And I think when it comes to looking at other people's journey and story on social media, we tend to take it as other people are living better lives than we do. You know, that stupid hashtag living my best life. Um, (laughs) Don't even get me started on that one. But ultimately, this can be something that makes us isolate ourselves even more because we think, oh, this person's life is perfect. Why can't my life be perfect like their life is? Why can't I have that perfect relationship? Why can't I have, you know, the money that they have or the happiness that they have or the skills that they have? And I just really want to drive home the fact that we only see about 10% of their story. We're not seeing the full picture. We don't know what happens in those perfect relationships that, you know, with the people that take the cutest selfies together, whatever it is. We don't know any of that. We just know what we see and then we create a story around it. And I just feel like that can be really dangerous, especially when you're moving through something really challenging in your life and wanting something different for yourself and then feeling like you're seeing it for other people and then in in a way, distancing yourself from the possibility of you being able to have whatever happiness it is that you're seeing. So I just want to, you know, drive home that it is an illusion and it's what we make of it. And at the end of the day, when it comes to your personal journey, none of that is relevant. So don't let the illusion of other people's journey bring you deeper into your pain. Number six is move with it. So After you've been sitting with your pain and sitting with your feelings, which is absolutely, you know, valid and incredibly important, you have to be able to move with it. I'm a yoga teacher. And so 
part of that is I've been doing yoga since I was 16. I'm 28 now. And when I was younger, I went through a lot of emotional ups and downs as most teenagers do. And yoga was somewhat of a saving grace for me. It was a weekly hour of my life where I could go down into the basement of my art school with one of my favorite teachers who also happened to be my yoga teacher. Um, Shout out to Azar Kazadi. And I would be able to move my body. I would be able to sit and be with every part of who I was and and move through whatever I was feeling. And I would always come out of that basement feeling amazing. And that's when I learned that moving my body was the most important thing I could do when it comes to moving through my pain. And my philosophy around this is very much based on yogic philosophy, the fact that all of our imbalances begin on an energetic level. So whether you believe this or not, this is just the way that that I see that this is what I believe um, is that, you know, all of our imbalances begin on an energetic level. And in yoga, we're taught that we have these different layers of our energetic body and our physical body is one of them. And so whatever you're encountering in your life, whatever it is that makes you feel sad, um, whatever it is in your environment that's throwing you off balance, all of those things can contribute to what eventually will become a physical illness. But it starts with emotions. It starts with energy. And that energy can get stuck in your body. It can get stuck in your joints. It can get stuck in in your belly, in the fat cells, and in all of it. And it can literally become something that weighs us down physically unless we move that energy. And once we get that energy in motion, it doesn't stop. That's physics. Energy in motion doesn't stop until there's something that stops it. And so when you are physically moving your body, You're physically moving the energy of sadness and depression and pain out of your body. And so moving with that emotion, moving with those feelings is incredibly important. Um, So yeah, you know, this can be anything. This can be going for a walk. This can be turning on a YouTube video and doing some yoga or, you know, I personally love to do high intensity interval training videos lately. The minute that I hit these huge transitions in my life, I was like, all right, I'm working out because every time I find myself feeling the worst is when I've been sitting down all day, binge watching Netflix and eating a bunch of food. And then I just start to self-depreciate and it all builds up. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting on my yoga mat. I'm turning on a 15 minute video. Sometimes it's even a 10 minute video. It, it doesn't have to be a long time, but it's enough to shift my energy completely and move me for that moment anyway, out of the pain that I'm feeling or out of the anxiety or depression or whatever is holding me down. So moving with the emotion, um, knowing that it's not always going to be easy. I think the hardest thing is when you're in a place of depression to try to get up and move. But that's the thing is like, if you can motivate yourself enough to just stand up and put one foot in front of the other and just keep going, it's going to make a huge difference in your life. 
So the next one is number seven. Don't let stereotypes allow you to bypass your emotions. And I am speaking to myself and every other black and indigenous person of color out there. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard the sentence, therapy is for white people. And I want to trash that sentence. I want to wrap it up in a ball, put it in that dumpster fire and let it burn. Because let me tell you, therapy is for anybody. And speaking on your feelings is for anybody. And all of those, this is for white people, this is for black people shit, all of that, (laughs) all of those terms, um, that is something that keeps us in a cage. That is something that keeps us from our freedom. And it's something that we need to erase. It may not be easy. There are going to be people who make fun of you. There are going to be people who tell you that you are acting white or whatever. Trash it. Don't listen to it. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is your mental health. So don't listen to the stereotypes. Um, There are some statistics I was reading around suicide that said in black children ages 5 to 12, the suicide rates were found to be two times higher compared to those within white children. Non-Hispanic, American, Indian, or Alaskan Native boys and girls had the highest rate of suicide in 2017. We're in 2019, and so I'm sure that these rates have gone up. And what I have noticed being a woman of color growing up in that world is that there's this assumption that we just don't talk about it, that we just give it to God and we just let it go. And while I'm not knocking spirituality, I am spiritual myself. It can be really harmful not to talk about it. It can be really harmful to tell people that they're not allowed to, or that it's not natural for them to seek help when it comes to their mental health. So don't let stereotypes allow you to bypass your emotions. That's number seven. And number eight is don't let spirituality allow you to bypass your emotions either. So there's this idea that to manifest or create your best life floating around out there that you have to stay away from low vibrations. And a lot of times people will use the term low vibrations or low vibrational people to basically make an excuse for, I don't want to be around anybody who is feeling down. I don't want to be somebody who is feeling down. If this is the case, then I'm blocking off what I am supposed to be receiving in this life. And I want to squash that myth because feeling your feelings and being human does not make you low vibrational. It does not make you somebody who isn't allowed to live your dreams or receive what it is that you want in this life. And it can be really harmful in communities where this type of spirituality is being practiced, where people think that Um, you know, if somebody is around that is going to harsh their vibe, then it's going to take away from their ability to create because it creates isolation and it makes people feel like they're wrong. It makes people feel like they're not allowed to share what they're going through and it puts them in a corner. It can really cause harm. And so don't let spirituality allow you to bypass your emotions and don't use your spirituality to bypass the emotions of others. And number nine is find sparks of inspiration in the depths of your dark. 
And so this one, I think, actually speaks to the truth, the true spiritual journey in moving through our pain, is that we are never given anything that we can't handle. We're never given anything that we're not supposed to move through. And I'm not saying that whatever has caused your pain or depression is okay. But what I'm saying is that there is always a lesson in everything that we all go through. And if we can find it, it can lead to an immense amount of inspiration that makes us create something, that makes us innovative, that makes us use our creativity in ways we maybe never would have because we need it to survive. And at the end of that journey, we can share that with other people. It's the whole reason that I'm even talking to you on this podcast. It's the reason that I teach yoga. It's the reason that I've created anything that I've really created is because I needed something that would help me move through what I was going through. And then I realized, you know, this helped me so much. I want to share it with other people. So finding sparks of inspiration in the depths of your dark is a really powerful way to work with your pain, move through your pain, and then use it as a way to help others move through and work with theirs. And number 10, is honor the strength these moments bring. You are not broken. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling the way that you do. And feeling what you do isn't going to repel people from you. In fact, it's something that is going to build you into the strongest human being that you can be. So honor your experience and honor the strength that these moments bring. Know that there are tools out there that cost nothing that can help you move through this, and you have the right to find them. I'm hoping that this podcast can be one of them, and that this list that I've shared can be somewhat of a tool for you or offer multiple tools for you along your journey. So we'll go back through here and just recap. Number one is don't fight your emotions. Number two is write about it. Find a way to get it out by touching pen to paper. Number three is share it. Talk about it. It's okay to talk about it. Share it like I'm sharing it in a podcast. If you don't have someone to speak to, share it through your art. Share it in whatever way you can. Get it out. Just get it out there. Number four is be in silence with it. So clearing your mind detaching from your story and allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling in your body and in your energy and just being with it, seeing where it goes. Number five is don't let the illusion of other people's journey bring you deeper into your pain. So social media, let it go. Other people's lives and other people's stories don't make your life more or less. So just allow yourself to be with your story and don't let the illusion of other people's journey bring you deeper into your pain. Number six is move with it. So tapping into physical movement, getting up, going outside, walking around the block, getting some fresh air, hopping on a yoga mat, taking a dance class, whatever it is, move with it. Move that energy out of your bones, out of your muscles, out of your body. Don't let stereotypes allow you to bypass your emotions. It's number seven. So for my Black, Indigenous people of color out there, 
don't listen to the whole, this is for white people, this is for black people thing. Your mental health comes first. Number eight is don't let spirituality allow you to bypass your emotions. You are not a low vibrational being for feeling what you feel. So don't listen to it. It's not real. Uh, Don't think that if you just pray about it, that's going to be enough. Sometimes it takes a little bit more, but you can still pray about it. But don't allow spirituality to allow you to bypass what's going on. You have the power to work with it. And don't bypass what other people are feeling based on your spirituality. Number nine is find sparks of inspiration in the depths of your dark. So allow this journey to be something that helps you create. Create from your pain. Create from your anxiety. Find the inspiration in it. Find the lesson. And number 10 is honor the strength that these moments bring. So know that every time you move through this cycle of pain, this cycle of depression, anxiety, you level up. You're becoming stronger and stronger. And growth isn't easy, but it's worth it. So I hope that this reaches somebody who needs to hear it. Um, If you have a friend that you know is going through a hard time, maybe you share this podcast with them and maybe it will help them. And I am wishing you all strength, love, and power as we move through this winter season. And make space. Don't forget to make space for your journey because it's important. Your mental health is important and you're worth it. That's our episode for today. I hope you feel empowered to go out into the world and make space for others or just take up some space for your damn self. You're worth it. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to know about it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and listen to it with your friends. Ain't no party like a podcast party, y'all. If you want to support the podcast, you can donate on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash makespace. The music for this podcast was gifted by Southern Oregon hip-hop artist and producer Jaya Rays. You can hear more of his amazing music on iTunes. That's J-A-Y-A raise see you on the next episode until then don't forget breathe in breathe out make space here is space here's a wave like crush by the way here your heart hears you clearly what will you say here is heat here you speak here's a wheel that turns eternally a lot of nothing absolute and empty just like me